cheat. They cheat. Come on, man. Come on, man. I ain't finna go Alex Jones level with y'all, man. You're the big man, I think. Hello, everyone. It is Monday. April 3rd. Hello, everyone. April 3rd, 2023. So, today in our review of the, um, our Sunday review of the mainstream media, it was indeed a propaganda fest. So, first of all, on, um, both on Sunday morning and on, um, Face the Nation, Maggie Brennan interviewed uh, CIA operative and so-called correspondent Robert Costa, who uh, interviewed Michael Cohen, the liar and lead witness in what is the, uh, the case, the Manhattan case against Donald Trump, which is obviously a, a, a political case. And, um, well... <laughs> to try to convince us um, ahead of Tuesday's arraignment that Cohen isn't a liar and this case somehow isn't a political witch hunt. So also uh, on Sunday morning, more propaganda. First of all, we have a correspondent, David Pogue, tries to convince us that TikTok, a social media app, that was developed uh, by China, the communist Chinese, is not a national security threat. And then, the anchor and host of Sunday Morning, Jane Pauley, interviews John Fetterman, and they try to convince us there with a bunch of crazy stunts, like he's got the teleprompter thing, and then they're show them looking in a window like they're facing a building looking in the window like there's not a teleprompter in there. But in any case, they try to convince us that the reason Fetterman isn't fit to hold a Senate seat or is having trouble (laughs) is because, not because he had a stroke, he's a stroke victim and he's cognitively impaired, but it's because he's depressed. So don't make fun of the depressed guy who can't put a sentence together or can't understand what people are saying. How could you hold a seat in the United States Senate, you know, if you can't understand what people are saying? All right, so, and then I'm going to quickly go into, going to tear into the Sunday New York Times to show how they mischaracterize the facts to mislead the public. All right, so let's get into the news here from the New York Times. Um, We're going to start with indicted and running for office. It didn't begin with Trump. I mean, he is indicted, but you know what they say about uh, an indictment. Uh, A grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. So, you know, you don't, there's no defense there. There's no argument, really. It's just the prosecutor saying that this guy's a criminal and we should do something about it. So American politics has a long history of candidates who were indicted or convicted of crimes but sought office again. The three that they make mention of is Rick Perry, a Republican from Texas, of course, because he wanted to run for president. 
And Lyndon LaRouche, who is the head of the Libertarian Party, and then they throw in Marion Barry, who was the who was who wasn't a governor. He was the mayor of DC, um, who was busted for smoking crack, among other things, and soliciting prostitution. So they do throw in a Democrat there, but Marion Barry is like the worst of the worst. But they they highlight Rick Perry and Lyndon LaRouche. So I'm going to go into another non-political, well, this sort of political article. Uh, A campaign aide didn't write that email AI did. And so my continuing continuing warning about AI and even the bigwigs and all the other people that obviously knew and that are are going, you know, because uh, AI is learning so fast that it's getting scary. The swift advance of artificial intelligence and politics is already blurring the boundaries between fact and fake. That's not really the issue. Fake is, if something's written by AI, it isn't fake. I mean, AI can lie uh, just like people can lie. So it's not, in this article by Shane Goldbacker, I'm just going to read the lead fairly quick. The Democratic Party has begun testing the use of artificial intelligence to write first drafts of some fundraising messages appeals that often perform better than those written entirely by human beings. That's all you need to know. The Democratic Party has begun testing the use of artificial intelligence. And then it goes into the fake images. You all saw it of uh, Donald Trump being arrested. Uh, Was that part of the Democratic Party testing AI? Because the fake images of Donald Trump getting arrested, obviously, as a political has some sort of political weight, obviously. So moving on to the next story, inside the FBI's January 6th investigation of the Proud Boys, a log of messages show how agents scrambled after evidence and sought to recruit members of the group, all while trying to squeeze in workouts and cope with the Bureau's obsolete technology. They're making excuses for the FBI destroying evidence in regards to the investigation of the Proud Boys, in which, like the Whitmer kidnapping and a lot of other serious crimes that they supposedly prosecute is that the FBI recruited members of the Proud Boys so they had more than you know, uh, like the Whitmer kidnapping, they were more informants trying to keep the ball rolling in sense of committing crimes or because what happens is when you have FBI assets, the FBI asks them to do things um, to make uh, to make it a crime. So they actually urge people to commit crimes and that's the whole purpose of putting the informants there. The informants aren't just there collecting intelligence. They're actually coaxing and prodding the individuals to commit crimes that the FBI wants them to do. And a lot of these a lot of these um, infiltrations wouldn't have been possible until they found the pipe bombs. And that's the reason they planted the FBI or some other intelligence agencies planted the pipe bombs to begin with and why it was discovered in the morning. So that would give them a lot of leeway legally to do some of the things they did on January 6th. The next article up, how Alvin Bragg resurrected case against Donald Trump a year ago, the investigation into former president appeared from the outside to be over, which it was. But a series of crucial turning points led uh, to this week's indictment. Turning points being he ran for president. And they're going to do everything they can to keep a populist, well-liked, 
not by everybody, but uh, a populist candidate from being democratically elected, which he was. And they did that. That's why 2020 was full of cheating. That's why we had COVID. That's why we have mail-in ballots still to this day. My question with mail-in ballots is, if mail-in ballots are so great, we've had the post office, U.S. post office, for years and years and years, decades. How come we weren't using mail-in ballots before COVID? Just answer me that. So the reason is it's not it wasn't resurrected per se as much as it is, I mean, they dusted it off because they have to find a way to keep Donald Trump from being reelected as president of the United States. Because now with Biden's success, such such a successful term as president, successful term is ruining the United States is that Donald Trump or anybody but the Democrats will be reelected once again. And, and the same thing in the midterms is the red wave was there, but they, they cheated their way out of it, including what they did in Arizona. So you could disagree with me on there, but there's too many glaring red flags. You know what a red flag is? You have them in gun laws. There are red flags there that, that dictate that this indeed happened, or at least they can cast enough doubt. Well, that's the whole thing about American laws. If you can cast enough doubt, you have a reason to put on your argument, not in the American courts where they decide, hey, you know, if you can't discover enough fraudulent votes to make you win, then we're not even gonna hear your case. So the next article up here is about, about Sam Altman. Chat GPT King isn't worried, but he knows you might be. Sam Altman sees the pros and cons of totally changing the world as we know it through AI, as I often said, and he does make human intelligence, and it does, and if he does make human intelligence useless, he has a plan to fix it. I'm not gonna go into this article by Cade Metz. The, he believed AGI would bring the world prosperity and wealth like no one has ever seen. He also worried that the technology this company was building could also cause serious harm, spreading disinformation, undercutting the job market, or even destroying the world as we know it. Spreading disinformation isn't really... They put that out in the lead, and that, that's because the New York Times like to mischaracterize it. Like The biggest thing we have to worry about is disinformation or misinformation. Like I always said, there is only misinformation, good and bad not disinformation or misinformation. Those are intelligence terms for propaganda. Undercutting the job market, ding, and even destroying the world as we know it. So this is a guy that developed technology, and again, another mad scientist developing technology that is dangerous to mankind. Big surprise there. So we're gonna go right into the opinions before we get into some of the video segments uh, from Sunday. And if you didn't know, Sunday is the biggest news day of the week. And the reason is, is because everybody who is anybody sits in front of the TV and catches up on the news. And that's why you have all the Sunday talk shows and why uh, Sunday newspapers are bigger and all that stuff. If you didn't know, I mean, Sunday's a big news day. So that's why you should sit down and watch and read news on Sunday, because that's when they try to put the spin out there. So this is opinion piece uh, by Michelle Goldberg, of all piece, uh, people. The election could be the beginning of the end of Scott Walker's legacy in Wisconsin. If you don't know who Scott Walker is, he was the governor there, he was a very conservative, you could even say right wing. Uh, I didn't particularly like him, but that's just me. Um, but the actual headline for this was the most important election of the year, can the Democrats upend the GOP's uh, grip on Wisconsin? And that just goes to show they had to change, uh, you know, they changed it 
online here because the reason being is that seemed a little too forceful because indeed, why would the Democrats upend the GOP's sway over Wisconsin? If Wisconsin is Republican state, why do they have to upend? And that just goes to show you the DNC's plan is to infiltrate however way they can and that um, infiltrate and then change the government over by any means possible, including fraudulent ballots. And then once you have control over the administration and the legislature, you lock down the state and you make it you make it impossible for the GOP to ever be reelected there again. And this opinion piece, I usually don't quote Nicholas Kristof because he's really an idiot and an asshole, but whatever. Um, I worry about a failed prosecution of Trump, but I worry more about no prosecution. The actual headline in the newspaper was a failed indictment is better than none. Coming from a frigging rhino. I mean, this, this guy's really just a Democrat. A failed indictment is better than none. Like the last opinion piece, here what we have saying is they want to indict former President Trump to ruin his political chances at president. And I'm not going to go into the long diatribe by Nicholas Kristof about, you know, whether whether or not um, someone can be indicted or why he should be indicted or why Trump or Orange Man is bad. And they always go back, and they've done this several times, that presidents, ex-presidents get arrested. Uh, Grant was arrested by a police officer by speeding with his horse-drawn carriage. Okay, whatever. That's not the point. The point is it's a collective undermining of another political party and not on the basis of policy. You're not debating policy, which was politics always was, is debating policy. You're actually doing anything you can to undermine the other side, which is, which is not the way political discourse should be. You should argue policy and you should argue it in front of the electorate and whatever the electorate wants to do in a constitutional republic, a, a democratically, a democratic constitutional republic, whatever the electorate wants, that's what they vote that person in and those are the policies you go ahead with. But that's not what they're doing now. They're using infiltrating Wisconsin, even though most people are, are Republicans there and trying to figure out a way to take control of the state. And then here, Nicholas Kristof says, well, failed prosecution, uh, failed indictment is better than none because what we're trying to do here is ruin uh, Trump's chances at regaining the presidency. We're not worried about actually enforcing the law or prosecuting crimes that deserve to be prosecuted. And as many said about um, Bragg is that He's not prosecuting violent crime and he's going after this white collar crime, which he's got to stitch together a couple things. So um, let's go on to the interview. Uh, we'll probably start with, um, with Cohen. And this is Robert Costa. He's a, a CBS correspondent. He's actually a Mockingbird CIA agent um, because he covers all the appropriate stories and you'll see. Yes. I lied to Congress. The historical first. Hi, good night, everybody. Former President Trump is now the first president to be indicted. They cheat, they cheat. 
We do not yet know the charges against him, but he will be arraigned Tuesday in New York City. Arrangements are underway to handle security and processing, but it is likely to be quite a spectacle. Yes. Since word of the indictment came out Thursday evening, Mr. Trump and his allies have controlled the narrative on this case as the indictment remains under seal. A person familiar with the matter told CBS News that former President Trump is being charged with falsifying business records in the first degree. And good morning to you, Bob. We know this is... The Trump lawyers say they want to immediately move to dismiss this case. We know there are roughly 30 counts against the former president. What? And you have spoken with one key witness here who spoke to the district attorney 22 times. This is former personal attorney Michael Cohen. <laughs> what did he share? Sitting down with Michael Cohen yesterday in New York City, it's evident that he is going to be the crucial witness for the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, in this case. Yes. I lied to Congress. And if there's anyone out there that thinks that that lie is going to prevent me from being the credible witness that I am. This case is bigger than Michael Cohen's testimony. Yes. I have never said that it was about me. This is not what so many people want to make it look like. Oh, it's Michael Cohen's vengeance against Donald Trump. Bob, to date, Republicans have largely circled the wagons around the former president. And this includes Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis. They've done it by attacking the Manhattan District Attorney. Could there be an opening for a Trump critic, whether it's former Governor Hutchison or someone else, to now enter this 2024 Republican primary and seize on this new dynamic in the race where Trump has legal and political challenges? And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis isn't in the race yet, nor consolidating support. Our opponents have done everything they can to crush our spirit and to break our will. But they've failed. They've only made us stronger. And I think it's, it's clear to the overwhelming majority of the American people that this is nothing short of a, of a political prosecution. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, it is a political prosecution and persecution as it hasn't been evident ever since, um, even before Donald Trump took office. So, I mean, if everybody's left, and I don't know how squeaky clean he is, he, he, uh, Donald Trump is, but he's definitely clean. So let's move on. So they tried to convince us that there was something more than uh, Michael Cohen's lying testimony. There's something more to the case, which there isn't. They did the same thing on January 6th. So now they're going to convince us that Fetterman isn't incapacitated because of his stroke. He's just depressed. That, and that can be fixed with, um, obviously, drugs, uh, brain implants, and um, some coaching. Hi. Good night, everybody. Senator John Fetterman is hospitalized for depression. If we sat down, you would take the rocking chair. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's me. What? He suffered a stroke in May. In mid-February, he entered Walter Reed for treatment of depression. <clears throat> I can't wait to what it really feels like to take it all in and to start making up any lost time. To colleagues, he seemed lost, even at his swearing in. How fast you think and how clearly you think is very substantially degraded when patients get depressed. What? It's reversible? It's certainly reversible, yes. I'm just somebody that's suffering from uh, depression. What did GQ call you? They said you were a fashion god or something. His wife of 15 years, Giselle. <laughs> 
American taste god. And then the New York Times, I found out that I was one of the most fashionable or something. After the stroke at age 52, he would fight headwinds until election day when his health became the issue. Yes. Doctors at Walter Reed have discovered a serious hearing deficit. What? Further complicating the way his brain now processes spoken language. When I talk, what do you hear? I hear you talking, and I can understand much of what you're, what you're saying. But my hearing has a deficiency that, uh, that makes it difficult for me to fully understand 100% of it. It's at some point, <laughs> you, you described what you hear as like, Charlie Brown's teacher. That's not funny! Yeah, early on that was more, you know, months and months ago, whatever. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> That's not funny! Well, yeah. His reliance on closed captioning had its biggest test during the campaign's one debate, which was widely considered a setback. I'm the only person on this stage right now that has con con was successful about. Was that fair? And in November, John Fetterman won, what? flipping a Republican-held Senate seat. They cheat. They cheat. De depression can absolutely convince you that you actually lost. And that's exactly what happened. And that was the start of a, of a, down, a downward spiral. You idiot! That day, you looked miserable and lost. <laughs> he just became the senator. He's married to me. <laughs> He has amazing kids, and he's still... Did you care if you were there, or anywhere, or nowhere? What? I just showed up where my uh, staff said... Robotic. Yeah, exactly, yeah. What? It, it makes me sad. You know, the, the day that I go in... At 53 in politics, that's a young man. Can you have aspirations? Can you serve? I'm just somebody that's suffering from uh, depression. <laughs> you idiot! Hi, good night, everybody. Yeah, I don't know about that. So it's not the fact that he had a stroke, he has hearing loss, and he has depression. That that's don't worry, don't worry about anything. It's like that that he is incapacitated to the point where he can't serve. And not only that, but what made him depressed more than likely is he found out that they had to cheat to get him to win. And he, th you know, he still, he felt like he lost. Well, he felt like he lost because he did lose, but they cheated to get him to win. So last off is um, David Pogue's ruthless attempt to try to convince us that TikTok is just a, it's just an app. It's great, whatever. And that uh, it's not a tool of the Chinese Communist Party to push propaganda on Americans and collect data. TikTok is the most popular app in the United States. 150 million Americans use it every month. Almost half the population. Humor, music and dancing, tips, information, and opinions. It's all short videos posted by fellow TikTok fans. If Americans love TikTok so much, why has Congress proposed so many bills that could ban TikTok? And in a hearing last month, why did Congress treat TikTok's CEO like this? 
you damn well know that you cannot protect the data and security of this committee or the 150 million users of your app. Congress has four primary concerns about TikTok. First, that it's collecting data about you. Second, they worry that kids are addicted, that they're spending too much time on TikTok. Third, they worry about what you can find on TikTok, like misinformation and violence. Of course, all of this so far is also true of Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. So what's the key difference? All social media is not necessarily great for, for kids. TikTok uh, has a parent company named ByteDance. And ByteDance is a Chinese company that has to cooperate with the Chinese Communist Party. Representatives Raja Krishnamurthy, a Democrat, and Mike Gallagher, a Republican, are co-sponsors of one of the banned TikTok bills. And their biggest worry is number four. China is actually targeting people inside the U.S. The thing that most concerns me, however, is the ability to control what storylines Americans see or don't see and ultimately influence our elections, which could be catastrophic in the future. There's absolutely no indication that this is in some way manipulated or controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. We just found that that to be a complete fabrication. What? Milton Mueller is a professor of cybersecurity and public policy at Georgia Tech. He studied the theory that TikTok's algorithms attempt to influence ideology. TikTok collects nearly every data point imaginable. Do we know what data is being collected? There have been three technical studies done of this, and they basically all say it is exactly what they tell you what it is in their privacy statement. Like every social media app, TikTok collects data like your phone model, its internet address, and your time zone. It knows only your general area, like the town you're in. So where does this all leave us? Gallagher and Krishnamurthy's bill, called the Anti-Social CCP Act, intends to force the issue. It would basically allow for two outcomes in this case. One would be a, a ban of the app uh, altogether, uh, or it would allow for a sale to an American company. I would say allowing this to continue would be a geopolitical disaster. And that to me is far more important than angering some teenagers. So, sell TikTok or ban it? Truth is, selling it might be impossible. It's worth a lot, but the Chinese Communist Party may object. It has for banning TikTok. There's probably a 90% chance that that would be ruled unconstitutional. Yeah. Because of? The First Amendment. You're banning a information source. You're banning a publication. Now, I have to emphasize this. If you ban TikTok, it's not the Chinese government that would be silenced. It's the 150 million American users of the app. Project Texas, Project Texas, Project Texas, Project Texas, Project Texas, Project Texas. The bottom line is this. American data stored on American soil by an American company overseen by American personnel. This eliminates the concern that some of you have shared with me that TikTok user data can be subject to Chinese law. Congress isn't sold. I still believe that the Beijing communist government will still control and have the ability to influence what you do.
Mueller believes that attacking TikTok is an easy way for politicians to look tough on China. TikTok is a symbolic way for these people to attack even the most innocent forms of... It was very clear that you may not have done all of your due diligence what? that you owe us as your constituents. You really need to get on the app and have a better understanding of the decisions being made um, and how it's going to affect the greater good of the people. China is actually targeting people inside the U.S. Yeah, indeed they are. So Sunday, full of mainstream media lies and propaganda trying to convince you of things that aren't actually true. So you could have watched uh, some of these programs and you could have read some of the New York Times or Washington Post or any of these other papers and figured out that basically what's happening is that they are just, whatever they're saying is the actual opposite. TikTok is in, indeed a national security threat uh, to some degree, I'm not going to overstate what it is. Um, Michael Cohen is a liar and wants revenge against Donald Trump. And his lying testimony is the only basis for the uh, political persecution and lawfare uh, prosecution of Donald Trump. And of course, John Fetterman is in no, uh, has no mental capacity or is in no uh, no cognitive or intellectual state to serve on the United States Senate. So all these are lies that they're trying to convince you of. Anyway, that's it for me. I, I know I dragged on long. We had three videos today to go over. So um, I'll see you tomorrow. This is a conspiracy. You can't handle the truth.